And now, it's time for the Dad Bod Rap Pod with your hosts, Damone Carter, David Ma, and Nate LeBlanc. Dad Bod Rap Pod, episode 149. We're almost to the end of the year, the end of season three. Nate and Dave don't believe in seasons, but I do because I liked back in the day when they would have the little season preview, like when Facts of Life was about to come through and they'd show like a little preview. They had like a, a night that you would watch and they'd show you little previews of like, ooh, this season on different strokes, what was coming down. Nate, can we do that for next season? Can we do a little um, preview of uh, all the people we don't know if we're going to interview them or if they will actually show up or like what we're going to talk about stuff that hasn't happened yet. Sure. I can put yeah. that together. Okay. <laughs> I got a couple okay. weeks off work. I can, uh, I can do some forecasting. There it is. Uh, that, that was our super producer, uh, Nate LeBlanc. Uh, we are also joined in zoom by the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. David Ma. How's it going? Yo, um, good to be here, you guys. Um, you know, uh, another Monday night, but um, always good to be in the Zoom room with you guys. Absolutely, man. Uh, as we ride out late stage uh, coronavirus, uh, we're just getting into our uh, post. I'm going to call this the kind of post wrap up 2020. We had a, a huge show last week where if you haven't listened to it yet, please do where we did our year-end um, Dad Bart Awards. Some calling them the daddies. I'm not going to go with that. That's an official <laughs> title. Um, but we went through all the, <clears throat> the best ofs of, of 2020. Um, an exercise which a lot of uh, pundits and writers and outlets are, are doing right now. There's just a bunch of lists and things out there. But if you're, uh, you know, if you like this program and you haven't peeped that show out, please do. Um, I know you guys have kind of been monitoring, monitoring some of the things that have been going on online about the lists. And I know that Twitter kind of makes this, uh, this exercise more intense than I ever remember it being. You know what I mean? <laughs> I think this used to be just like a small article in maybe the source or something. And now it's, it's a huge deal. Uh, Nate, what, what's, your, what's your take on a hip hop Twitter and list? You have a very famous quote about hip-hop and lists oh how uh arguing is the sixth element of hip-hop hip yeah. you, you have your break dancing your emceeing your djing your graffiti your weed and then you have your arguing and then i guess that would make <laughs> beatboxing the seventh element uh, <laughs> yeah um so i love a list i i'll read any list it, like, like the kind of advent of buzz buzzfeed style listicle mm. journalism like i'm one of those people i will click your eight best regional hot dogs in michigan i'm not going to michigan anytime soon i don't particularly <laughs> like weird stuff on hot dogs but it's just a it's a format for internet content that my brain understands and i like reading and i think the best thing you can do about it is if you are upset about it make your own list that's right, There's right. no point in arguing about other people's taste. Um, but within our little niche, I, I would just like to say we put a lot of time and effort into like thinking about these lists and someday we'll post our whole list. It's like the, the thing that makes the show is kind of the input from our contributors who we deeply mm -hmm. thank and appreciate our, ourselves. And then I thought we'd kind of argue our way to a, 
a consensus on some of them and on some we did and on some we didn't and that's the kind of the nature of the show but um i i think it was i always forget who it is maybe dave you remember uh some famous rapper was like you have a 38th favorite rapper (laughs) you're an internet weirdo yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) was it schoolboy q that's an amazing quote and that's That's hilarious i don't want to be a guy with a 38 best song of 2020 it's like after the top (laughs) three or four it's like these are the good records i don't know if 20 is better than 18 in any qualitative way but they're just a a loose amalgamation of thoughts on lists that's hilarious absolutely uh mr david ma you're you're a hip-hop journalist uh what what do you make of of these lists i know there were there was kind of a a brouhaha about um the lack of female representation Mm -hmm. on some Mm -hmm. lists and and I'll be honest, as I was putting mine together, I was trying to be mindful of that. Right. Like, what, what, do you, what do you think about that? Should, is that? Is that a factor we should be taking into account when we're kind of putting together our, our year-end best of type stuff? Well, I think it was, it was such a strong year for women, though. I mean, you, have, you had a lot of really strong um, releases out, out the gates. Um, Saw Rock with Rhyme Sayers. Um, shout out to Nappy Nina, um, Shay Noir, um, Chica, who uh, we were remiss to mention um, on the previous program. I mean, she had a really strong year as well, and she's breaking barriers. And so, yeah, I mean, I would have, I would have liked to see, would have liked to see a little bit more attention to the uh, female rappers, but I don't even like saying female rappers, female you know rappers. what I mean? Right. Right. So, um, but I mean, in regards to just lists in general, uh, I, I think they're just a really good springboard to, for a little bit of pugilism, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't necessarily want Nate's hot dogs list from Michigan, but um, <laughs> but it's always fun to see like, yo, this is somebody I interact with and whoa, their rap list is in a different galaxy. And like, I think we've had yeah. that discussion as well. But I think it's just, it's, just, it's just springboards for understanding another person's taste and learning new shit. So I'm all, I'm all for it. Um, and sort of on that topic though, I wanna, I wanna briefly um, shout out um, Fat Tony's Exotica because I, yeah. I think I did not mention that last time. And, it's a great album. He's doing that live show. And also um, he's a friend of the program. And I was listening to some of the tracks this morning and really enjoyed it. So I wanted to shout out Tony real quick. Wake Up is a great record too. And like, I, we totally. talked a little bit about it on the show. And we talked a little bit about it when we had, we, we basically had Tony on for episodes, one about Wake Up and one about mm-hmm. Exotica. And yeah, I don't think we, we um, remembered to mention totally. uh, the craftsmanship of his record exotica and the kind mm-hmm. of storytelling that he brought to it and the level of it we had just kind of talked to him so it totally it like it was like we kind of did that already but yeah i'm i agree with you dave that should have been something that at least got a casual mention in our best of show and like what he's doing is so unique it's kind of like mm-hmm. yeah the houston thing he's like so of his place and time and i don't know if you guys follow him on instagram but his like instagram is like this like tribute to like the grocery stores and like taco spots of houston it's so awesome to see mm-hmm. and then he's kind of like on like an indie rockish label where i think totally, it gives, totally. gives him a different look and feel and his mm-hmm. uh products are packaged in a kind of a different wrapping paper if you will um than like you know somebody who's on just like a strictly hardcore hip-hop label right. so he just like touches totally. different people he was on eric andre like mm-hmm. yeah i was gonna say that spinning yeah. around getting hang- hung from the ceiling doing pranks with eric andre like <laughs> like I, I, he just fascinates me and he's such an interesting guy and the fact that he like you know messes with us and wants to come on the show and calls us his favorite nerds i'm just like this is like such a cool 
like thing I never thought would happen in my life where it's like, I, we have this kind of weird banter with him, but also like at, you have to set all that aside when you're making lists mm-hmm, and it's like, mm-hmm. is, the, is the record this good? Like we know right. it's good because he's a good artist, but is right, it right. that good? And that's, right. that's something that kind of, it's, it's tough to draw lines and like, well, okay. So that, so now we're kind of in this interesting position of when we started off the program, uh, at least me and you, Nate, we didn't know nobody. Um, and it gives you a kind of freedom though, to like rate and talk about the records. Uh, <laughs> we, we got a little, we, we got a little pushback on why we didn't, um, uh, talk about anime trauma, trauma and divorce. Um, in our year-end best ofs, and um, it's just interesting. We we did. We touched on a little bit. It didn't yeah, make yeah. our top uh, our top three, um, but yeah, it's just this kind of interesting moment that we're in, where yeah, you, we actually have we know and have interactions with some of these folks, and we try to be kind of you can't be objective about a subjective thing, but we try mm-hmm. to be kind of as fair and balanced. Um, as we possibly can, can, and that's why we include the voices of a lot of other people. But um, what were some of our other kind of notable, after we did the show, you were like, oh shit, I forgot to mention. Dave, I know you just threw out that Tony's Exotica. This yeah. is a great record. Uh, do you have any other records that we, we were kind of remiss not to mention? A little bit. I mean, well, I just just for me personally, I, I didn't really speak about Ka. Um, Descendants, Descendants yeah, of Cain, yeah. or, or Rock Marcy, uh, Mount Marcy. And I think both of those is because we've just been blanketed with their brilliance for like four years. You know what I mean? And yeah. it's like, oh, here's another awesome call record that sounds like the previous three awesome ones. So um, those were reasons where, why, pers- why perhaps I left those off. But I want to shout out those, those two albums for sure. I mean, you know exactly what you're getting with both of those gentlemen and they deliver. You got it. Yep. Yeah, yeah, no, both those, those are great examples. And it, it, Nate, it reminds me of like the, the MVP voting in the NBA, where um, every year Shaq played in his prime, he could have been the MVP. But like <laughs> writers want to pick different people, right? Mm-hmm. And like, I, now I understand it. I was so heated when Steve Nash won twice. And I'm just like, <laughs> I get it now. You know what I mean? It's like you you want to pick something that's new and interesting and different. What, what were your, some of your uh, omissions from last week, Nate? Uh, before that, a joke. Uh, so Steve Nash is Daytona and uh, Kobe's prime is paraffin. <laughs> yeah, pretty uh, much. Yeah, pretty much. And, anyway, um, I, I feel remiss that I didn't, and Dave, Dave helped fill in this gap and g- gave us a nice little segment on 38 Special's recent work. But like, I just kind of forgot that, the crazy run of EPs that right, 38 Special right. produced and wrapped on in many cases with Planet Asia, Rashid Chappelle, mm-hmm. Chez Noir, and Flea Lord, and all these really cool upstate New York people. Like I just, I spent a lot of this year listening to 38 him, himself rap and produce and all the, the whole like world of the trust gang, I just feel like is not like, I don't know how to put it, like taken seriously or like it's not considered among the upper echelon rap music being made right now and that just bothers me because mm-hmm. when you listen to it it's hard not to be like this is this is this is right up there like i'm right. not saying any of those eps are the album of the year and perhaps that's the problem there's no mm. one thing the best record of that bunch would probably be the apollo brown and Shea noir record and that kind of mm-hmm. takes it outside of this mm-hmm. regional 
um, kind of construction and makes it its own thing. Apollo Brown has that burnished sound and we had such a great interview with him and we, yeah, we really got in depth on that record, interviewing them both within weeks of its release. But I just think 38 Special is, for lack of a better term, special. And he needs to be considered more in the kind of greatest guys working right now thing. And it's, it's, it's more about release uh, cadence it's like we got mm, six mm-hmm. EPs at the beginning of the year that are great, especially the Planet Asia one. That totally. The chain. Totally. Like, go listen to that. And if you don't think that's a great rap record, we're just in different universes of what, what is considered good. It's just, it's hard. It's lyrically savvy. It makes sense from like a street sensibility. And it's just really good, like well-produced, clean, good right. music. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So that I just felt like I didn't hit hard enough. And it's like, you, I, I can't put like, six EPs and two LPs and like a guest appearance as an entry in a list. Mm-hmm. You know what uh, I mean? See, I see. Yeah. It doesn't, some people, because of the way that they release, it doesn't lend itself to ending up on a list, right? I right. think we as, as the hip hop punditry are definitely biased towards albums. Um, mm-hmm. a complete release of work that we can get really excited about and dig our teeth into. Um, and we don't have a, a convenient way of, of, listing out some of these other things. I, I'll, sh- I'll share mine, which is kind of in the same thing. Um, Crime Apple released two mm. shortish uh, albums, or maybe you could call them EPs almost, um, Jaguar and Palisades and if I, if I Don't See You in Paradise, which are really strong records. I think these are two of his, his best uh, records. And he does these kind of like smallish seven, eight song releases mm-hmm. um, a couple times a year. But I, I just thought he had a great year. Um, he made some really cool music and it's been fun to watch over the past three years, uh, just the evolution of his style and approach to songwriting. Um, he definitely has always been kind of like a punchline guy, but on these newer releases, um, I hate to use the word maturity, but kind of like a refinement. Mm. Like he's, he's, he's getting saucier with the cadences. He's still saying clever, funny stuff but it's more clever and more funny it's not like he's just um rinse repeating the stuff he's been doing so um didn't mention him at all on last week's program uh so i just i wanted to get that in there check out crime apple uh the two records he put out this year were really dope damon i don't know if you saw it but he tweeted uh like last week or something he was like i i like a couple of years ago i was writing rhymes on the train I thought no one would ever hear, and I just bought myself a Benz for Christmas. And it's just, I'm just like, I love that so much. Like, that is, that's all I want for people is just like to be like satisfied in their artistry and to make a little money and to have a nice living off of hip hop. Like, I want that for all of the artists that we touched on. And I think some are much farther away from it um, than others, kind of by the nature of their their lane, if you will. Um, yep. some, some just don't monetize in the same way, but, um, yeah, I think, um, he's been someone who's really, um, been interesting to watch the progression and I, I can't remember the name off top and I don't have my list pulled up, but he did this song with Sadu gold. It's just like a Lucy, but they did a video for it. That's mm. it's so good. Okay. I'm just really? like, I, the people can't see this like disgusted face I'm making, but I'm just like, <laughs> <laughs> it's so sick. I can, okay. We can confirm it's disgusting. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's hilarious. Okay. Okay. We'll definitely, we'll definitely have to keep that. You mentioned uh, Crime Apple and, and kind of his, uh, 
his uh, ascension and, and being able to, um, you know, buy things that underground rappers typically can't do, um, in part due to a connection with the guest that we interviewed um, this week for this week's program. Um, Static Selecta is DJ, producer, kind of radio personality. He's got a show on Shade 4 or 5 where he routinely breaks records, meaning he's, he introduces audiences to new artists. Crime Apple was one of those artists. That's when um, I started kind of paying attention and um, kind of taking Crime Apple seriously. And I won't step all over it, but um, in this upcoming interview, Static Selecta has a great story about um, his first kind of discovering Crime Apple and their interaction and how he eventually ended up breaking that record on Shave 4-5. So let's get into it. This is our brisk but flavorful interview with Static Selecta, <laughs> Dad Bar Rap Pod. Static Selecta. All right, Dad Bod Rap Pod. We have another dope interview lined up for y'all today. Joining us in Zoom, we have DJ, radio personality, producer, Static Selector. What's happening, man? What's good? What's good? How you feeling? Good, good, man. Thanks for coming on the program. We appreciate you uh, making the time. I'm going to start off the interview kind of random because I was looking and you DJed on KDON for like two years. Like how, and for those, I'm sorry, Dad by Rap Pod listeners, K-Don is like a, a Central California, you know, Central Coast, excuse me, Santa Cruz area radio station. You kind of too cool for K-Don. Like how did, how did that come together? Uh, no, what it was is a uh, shout out to my homegirl, Savvy. She had like a specialty show on the station and uh, she, she brought me in. This was back when like being on um, FM radio was like, it was important and there was like a power to it. So, okay. Um, I mean, there still is to an extent, but the thing is, is now the stations are so strict. It's like when I was doing that show, I'm sure they don't have that show there anymore. Um, when I was doing that show, it was like all like real, like that, that, you know, that, that stuff we love. We could swear, right? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. We swear? <laughs> yeah. We're not on the radio. Yeah. yeah. Right? Oh, real totally. Shit. Totally. Totally. It was that real shit that, you know, I do on Shade 45 and all that. So right. wow. doing that. But it was cool because it like helped it helped uh, my name get out there. As far as at the time, I think I was on about ten radio stations a week, so it was okay. cool to add on to that, you know. And um, yeah, shout out to Santa Cruz. I love it out there. Shout out to the Bay Area. Yeah, I was on right all over the place. I was on Alabama and Louisiana. I was on Florida. <laughs> like now, you know. I mean, I was on Shade Forty Five at the time too. Now, I mean, at the same time, but now, you know, I just focus on that now because of. It's just, you know, serious Satellite's all we got left for, like, the kind of radio for the music I love. Dope, dope. Static, um, I just want to quickly bring you back to the beginning. I mean, I love hearing producers, and I love hearing the influence of other, other producers. And with yeah. you, and with you, of course, um, I, I hear Primo. I hear Primo in the best way. Can you talk a little bit about his influence on you? Yeah, I mean, 
from day one, like literally day one, when I heard him on the radio, um, I was already listening to Premier and KRS-One and Gangstar and Wu-Tang and all that. Like I was, since since like 10 years old, I was listening to, to hip hop. But um, when I heard him live, I was 13 years old on Thanksgiving in 1995. And I heard him wow. live and he was playing like all these records that he produced that weren't even out yet. Mm. And just the way he was like blending between them and like bringing in, you know, other, other, some other stuff that I was listening at the time, I was just like, this is live. I was like, he's doing all this live on the radio. And I was like, nah, this is it. This is what I want to do with my life. And you know, the, the element that he produced a lot of the records he was doing was a big influence too. Mm. But um, just the way he was DJing, it was like, nah, this is what I want to do with myself. So, um, jumping around a little bit. I wanted to make sure during this brief time we have with you, we touched on this. I wanted to ask you about the live stream record you did with Bun B and that felt really radically new at the time. And I'm just, I'm wondering now that you're, you're a little bit past it, like how did that go for you? Did you get what you wanted out of it? How was the experience now that you've had time to sit with it? Yeah, I mean, we did that 10 years before that with Freddie Gibbs and Freeway. We did like, it wasn't a new concept, but the fact that technology is different now with like the way we can produce it and have different angles and moving around. It was cool, man. Like that whole experience was dope, um, chill static. But uh, yeah, like like you know, back in 2010, me and Freddie Gibbs did it um, with XXL Magazine on their live mm -hmm. stream. But that was back when you had to do it from like a laptop. You couldn't have no real cameras, none of that. Um, but I always loved the idea of doing it live and letting the fans see it. So it was cool. I mean, we, me and Bun are talking about doing another one, maybe in Texas and having a whole different you know roster. We'll see. But I definitely love the idea of doing it. We did one. Uh, like March 14th, it was like the day before New York went into lockdown. We did one called The Quarantine and like a bunch of people came through for that. Shout out to um, Term. We did a 1982 album. Mm. That's dope. So kind of speaking of DJing the pandemic, um, do you feel like this has been, a, a, you know, DJs seem to have survived this uh, in a way that other artists have, have struggled to uh, I disagree. <laughs> I disagree, man. <laughs> most DJs, like, most DJs lost all their income this year, bro. Like, yeah. And, you know, obviously for rappers and all that, it's it's a struggle too, but at least they can make music. I mean, I'm not complaining for myself. I'm very blessed as far as I stay busy no matter what, and I produced a lot of music this year. But for the actual normal DJs, just the definition of DJ, mm -hmm. I got a lot of friends going through it this year because really? their main income was DJing. And it's like, this year has proven you need more than one hustle. So I hope, if anything, that's what they take away from it. But um, I know what you mean as far as, like, DJs are beginning to shine on Instagram and Twitch and mm -hmm. all that, but none of them were getting paid unless they had, like, a, some kind of sponsorship. So yeah, I, just, I just don't want to... Uh, let the fact that a lot of DJs are going through it this year go by, you know? And a lot of yeah. them didn't get that $1,200 or any of these, these yeah. small business funds. None of them got that, so. Yeah. Damn. Uh, support, support your local your local DJ. Yeah, um, what, for you, what is, what is the live gig, what is the difference between the live gig and, like, what you do on a Shade 4 or 5? Like, what, do you have a different approach to, to how you do those different things? Yeah, it depends where I'm at, but I mean, I could be doing a nightclub in Vegas, or I could be doing a private house party or a festival. It depends where I'm at, depends what the crowd is. On Shade 45, I'm doing me regardless. I'm playing, you know, 
the new music of the week that that fits my format and then you know i always do like a throwback 90s mix or something but that's like this the constant format for the last 15 years on my show on there but as far as like doing like i'll do a club and play you know i'll do a reggae set or even play like some of the newer stuff i'll play a drake record or i might yeah. get booked for a party that wants nothing but tribe called quest and nuns it depends where it is but i'm definitely versatile with, with the dj mm, mm. Um, so he's kind of been a double-edged sword. Well, I mean, uh, <laughs> speaking of versatility, I mean, you work with uh, the elite MCs. So, you know, given all the people that you worked with, um, I want to bring up one in particular because it's one of my favorites. And since I have your ear, which is obviously Black Thought, um, I think Twitter has been screaming for uh, streams of thought produced by you. Oh, yeah, uh, it's already, it's already what's in up the with works. That? Oh, well, then tell us a little bit about that and tell us a little bit about working with Black Thought. Yeah, it's it's always like I feel like I've um I've always got really not that everybody that gets a feature from him isn't lucky because it's it's a blessing to get it but I feel like right. I got some of his best verses and that's saying totally. a lot. Totally. So um, you know, shout out to him. This this new album, like he didn't want to give me this record for the album. Like I had to really go back and forth a lot. And the last time when I got the approval, he cussed me out. Like he's like, bro, you owe me like he's he's like you owe me like four or five lifetimes of favors. That's what he put. But um, it's because he wanted to keep this for our project. So wow. we're gonna, um, he picked a, a couple beats this week, actually. So I'm excited to see how that comes about. But I hope that drops next year. So there's a Streams of Thought produced by Static Selector coming out? And according to him, there is. So yes. that's good enough for me. Yes. Oh, it is. Yes. Nice. Um, sticking a little bit to your production, I was wondering if you had any stories or any kind of insight you could give us on uh, Well Done with Action Bronson, one of my favorites. That I mean, action was un unheard of at that point. Like we started that album when he when people barely knew who he was, and um, the label that ended up putting the album out it's called D Side Records. I don't think they ever dropped another hip hop album ever, but they um they came to the table with the big advance and like, you know, me and action were like we 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 had to make a decision. And we did it, and they actually did good with the vinyl. I like how they kept the vinyl coming in different colors and all that. That was cool. But um, you know, looking back at all of it, it was just crazy the the position we were in at the time to to do that. And then now, looking back at it, that album got like I think on Spotify alone it has like eighty million streams or something. It's crazy. crazy. Um, but you know, we were in a very rule free, no pressure, no. We were just in a space where. You know, I was always I was already doing my thing, but action was such a fresh name that there was no pressure at all. We just did it like it was really organic and that was cool. That's that's good dope. Times, so, good time. so on on that tip, um you break records. You know, you you have you'll you'll spin, you know, that's kinda how I found out Shade Four Five is how I found out about uh Crime Apple. Um what what is your approach to breaking records? Do you kind of hear shit and then you're like, I, I'm gonna be the person to to bring this into the you know to yeah, the public? It's funny because I've broken a lot of records, but beyond that, I feel like I break artists. Like mm. like Crime Apple never yo when when I brought him on the show, he had like 200 plays on the SoundCloud. Like mm -hmm. I brought him up because he he sent me a story about. He came to my population control release party back in uh, 2011, and he was like, "Yo, I got something to play you, but I don't think I'm ready." And he and I was and I, he told me something like, "If you're not ready, then don't do it because you only get one shot." So, and he told me that story later on, and he's like, "Well, you told me that back then, and now I think I'm ready. Check this out." And he sent me a record, 
And I listened to it, and I was like, eh, it's not my style, but let me give another chance to another song. And there was another song on the SoundCloud that had like 100 listens. And I clicked on that, and I was like, that's dope, bro. I was like, I'll play that. So I played it, and then he came up to the show. He started coming to the studio. He was on my last album. And then, uh, you know, it opened up a lot of doors for him. So I'm happy he's doing good, man. Shout out to Crime Apple. But that's kind of the story with, with a lot of things. That's, that was the story with Action. With um, You know, Joey had already signed a cinematic, but he, he didn't get no, like, real co-sign yet. So I brought Joey up for the first time, Mac Miller, um, mm. Freddie Gibbs, Chance the Rapper. A lot of people, like, had their first uh, Griselda. Like, a lot of cats came through my show and then ended up doing all the other shows and all that. But I'm proud to say that I, I, I break art. More than just records, artists. Because, obviously, breaking a record, to me, is like taking a hit song and being the first DJ to play and all that. That ain't really what I do on my show. Like, I'm not looking for the next hit record. I'm looking for something that fits my format and that's just some some raw, like, quality, you know, classic shit. So, I, obviously, I've broken songs, but it's like that's I take more... I just take more pride in bringing up and introducing artists to the world. And I do that with my albums as well. Cats like Marlon Craft and Code of the Friend, like all them, my show was it. Young M.A., like the list goes yes. on and on and on and on. Mm -hmm. Dave East. Yeah. So, well, you know, I, I, you know I, I hate to just keep fixating on this, but I, I kind of want to talk about your perspective when you meet an MC and y'all are going to work together. Um, talk a little bit about your relationship with Gibbs and, you know, how he struck you and what became of what you guys worked on. I met Gibbs through, um, man, let me think. Rest in peace, Josh the Goon. He was one of the first ones that I was uh, working with Gibbs through. And shout out to um, Archie. Basically, they had reached out to me. Oh, no, DJ Ski reached out to me about, gig, uh, about Gibbs. And, um, then I went out to L.A. Like, basically, I sent him. He sent me a freestyle he did over one of my beats. It's called Crushing Feelings. And he had already done it before he met me. And he, like, shot me out in the verse and all that. And um, when I went out to L.A., we ended up linking up. And then he came to New York. And, you know, we shot a couple of videos and all that. And I hosted his mixtape, Straight Killer No Filler. But after that, that's when he came through the crib. And we started just, like, knocking it, like knocking him out. And then we did the, the we did a live album as well. Um, right the uh, Lord giveth, Lord taketh away. Mm -hmm. And after that, like, you know, it was like family. So Gibbs would, you know, come to New York, stay at my spot. We we were, you know, we we, we were tight for a long time. That's still my brother. We don't we don't hang out as much no more because he's on, you know, he's in LA uh, full time now. But he was in New York a lot. And, um, you know, it's I'm so proud of that dude, man, to see where he's at mm -hmm. now. Like, right. we got we got some more coming. All right. That's sick. That's sick. You heard it here. Awesome. Uh, when we have producers on the show, we like to give the aspiring producers and the gear nerds a little taste. Can you tell us about your setup and uh, what you're using to craft your music these days? Yeah, I mean, for the last 15 years now, I've been on Pro Tools. Like, I do everything in Pro Tools, so I don't really use a machine, but I have, like, different um, controllers that, you know, I got different keyboards and stuff I use, but all I need is a turntable and Pro Tools, and I do everything in there. It's kind of... Uh, a different way of doing things unorthodox but it's just what i'm stuck in <laughs> there it is uh all right in in closing do you want to tell us about you you've teased a couple things that are coming up uh in terms of a black thought thing uh, a freddie gibbs thing what's the next kind of like project project that folks can expect from static two Boy? chains me and two chains um Woo. So. man 
Yo. Okay. Exclusives. I'm focused on that now because I mean I was always focused on it, but we just kept doing records. We got like probably 20 in the can. It's like we gotta Is just that right? Yeah. Wow. And, um, like we gotta just figure out the ones we're using, and then um, like he's I I'm pretty sure I don't want to say the wrong information, but I believe this album he just dropped two weeks ago yeah. was his last album on Def Jam. So I think he's a free okay. agent now, and I think Ooh, he's about yeah. to do he's about to make a certain move that I'm I'm happy about. So, well, uh, it's coming. Dang. Oh, okay. Oh. Well, Static Selector, we appreciate you making the time, man. Uh, you dropped a bunch of gems in like 17 minutes, so. <laughs> <laughs> we appreciate Joey's it, man. Album too. Joey's album's on the way. I did a lot of that. Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. Well, man, we we appreciate you. Keep breaking artists. And uh, yeah, thank you for coming on the program. Love, man. Appreciate y'all. Dad bod rap pod. That was our brief but dope conversation with Static Selector. Um, I appreciate East Coast cats who kind of like uh, are like, come on, let's go. That was his energy. Totally. Was, totally. Yo, I got like twelve more of these to do, and yep. like I'm gonna do them very professional, but also like, come on, let let's get going. Yeah, um, it's a little brusque in like a, a refreshing way. I agree with you. I feel like we're we're West Coast dudes. We're a little crunchy. We're like, mm-hmm. oh, whenever you're ready, bro. Totally. Like, he's like, I'm ready now. Like, yep. go. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, Demone, I thought it was interesting how he disagreed with you in a respectful but pretty forceful way about the the year that DJs are having. And that like Twitch yeah. streams apparently don't make anyone any money, which I was not aware of. But as someone who can't figure out how to use Twitch, I'm just not helpful in this discussion in any way. I I I, I tried to tee that up, but he smacked me with the with the hardcore reality of like, yeah, you may see DJs, but like without the clubs, cats ain't making no money. And it and it kind of like really reinforces what a great. Um, diversification of things that he has going you know what i'm saying Mm -hmm. being being a very high level producer um Mm -hmm. but still being a dj and still you know his mixes and things he does are pretty flawless having the radio connection through shade four five um just really he is kind of you know recession pandemic proof um in all of his different hustles so um, nothing but respect for, for Static Selecta. Um, I thought his, his kind of comments on the upcoming Gibbs record were pretty, pretty interesting. Yeah, and totally. what, one other rapper you may have heard of. That's right. It was really, really dope to get sort of an exclusive. I mean, for years we've been saying, we want to hear streams of thought with Static Selecta. So it was really cool for him to sort of drop that um, secret, if you will, that uh, he's producing the upcoming streams of thought with black thought so and if anybody's heard the black thought verse on the new static selector i mean the chemistry is all there it, it doesn't go anywhere he they both murder it and um yeah man that was great to that was great to talk to static i mean I, i'm a fan i and, and i don't mind the sort of rushed um you know persona about it because look i'm not here i'm not here to like talk about his day you know what i mean yeah 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 
nor nor was he. He was like, I know, I know. Let's do this. He was very selective. Um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> totally, totally uh, respect this hustle and really thankful that he could come on um, and talk to us. Uh, he's he's had a, a real role in like bridging this. I don't want to call it a gap, but where there's mainstream rap and there's underground rap, this kind of like, you know, maybe reductive binary. Um, mm -hmm. He sits at a very interesting place between those two spaces. Yeah. Um, I and, feel like a lot of his fans are probably like, yo, only boom bap. It has to have drums or it's not real hip hop. Like a lot of like, kind of like that energy. And he's not like that, but I feel like mm -hmm. he, like he, he, his show and his playlists and the, the kind of records that he does also gives those people some of the red meat that they need to like survive right mm -hmm. yep yep but he keeps it but he keeps it moving um i'm interested he said he had um a record coming up with two chains that i'm, I'm really i yeah. want to check out so yeah um you that's what you get here on dad bod rap pod you get weird tour stories exclusives <laughs> all the things and you know what else you can get from dad bod rap pod nate tell them what else they could get from dad bod rap pod <laughs> they can get a motherfucking mug <laughs> full stop the, the end yeah. uh yeah we've got merch uh yeah. people asked we uh we have uh teamed up with a company to do some pretty cool merch we're kind of rolling them out um over the next by by the time you hear this maybe the shirts will be up we have a mug it's um uh lucia my wife won't even let us have this mug in the house she prefers a kind of diner style mug that's more the cream color <laughs> with the uh, curve to it like but you know we'll we'll do some negotiating i'll be yeah. able to have it filled with uh some single origin fair trade coffee soon hopefully <laughs> yeah man it's it's a it's a, a handsome white mug with the dad bod rap pod uh de la soul inspired lettering um a must-have for the coffee connoisseur, um, hip hop, dad, bod person in your life. Uh, so yeah, check us out. If you go to our Instagram page, there's a link in the bio that will take you um, to the link to purchase. And also if you check us out on Twitter, um, our pinned tweet up there has the mugs for sale. Like Dave mentioned, we're gonna have some shirts coming out pretty soon. Um, just wanna let folks know that this is one means by which we can, uh, you know, keep the energy of the show going. I don't want to act like we do this for money. Also, we're 150 episodes in almost and we haven't made any money. So uh, if you like the conversation that you hear on this program, if you, you dig the vibe of the dad bod rap pod, um, you copping a mug or, you know, a couple of mugs uh, goes a long way to support the show and, and keep us uh, in good spirits. I mean, at this point, if DBRP could pay for my coffee for a year, <laughs> I'm winning. I am crime apple at that point. I'm tweeting about it. I'd be like, a couple years ago, I was on the train and I couldn't afford. Um, so, so yeah, check us out uh, on Instagram and Twitter, um, and just you know interact with us there as well at Dad Bod Rap Pod on Instagram at Dad Bod Rap Pod on Twitter. We are barreling towards episode 150 uh, next week. I, I, won't, I won't tease it too tough, but next week we have an amazing show lined up as we always do on these, uh, what are these called, Nate, when you land on the 50s? What oh, are, um, are they like centenary? 
or something like that. It's something like that. Sammy semantics. I, I, I threw you the alley-oop. Oh, our, uh, our spectaculars. <laughs> yeah. Our hundredth episode. I don't think we did anything cool for the 50th and I just lisped. And I think we just called it the hundredth episode spectacular. So we'll have the 150th episode spectacular. That's right. The extravagangsta uh, <laughs> next week. Uh, we're really excited about it. And it doesn't stop there. We have interviews uh, banked from, you know, some of the dopest people in hip hop. And I mean, I say that um, with no ounce of humility, but also it's true. So <laughs> we're really, we're really excited about what we have coming up for 2021. Um, so who knows, we, we may be able to go outside again and, and experience things. But regardless, the dad bod rap pod will be here for y'all until there's a cure. No. Uh, hey, let's do last words this week. Dave Ma, last word. Ooh, last word. Last word will be everybody just stay warm for the upcoming winter. It's going to be a dark one. Mm. Mm. Nathaniel. Uh, it's bothered me quite a bit that I can't figure out a, a good way to make a DJ mugs joke with our mugs. It just no. doesn't make sense. It's like pour <laughs> in some soul assassins in your DJ mugs. It's like there's no I know. jokes we, emerging from I was this thinking I was thinking of making a mug with our faces on it, a mug of our mugs. But right. oh. th th that's about as far down the, the joke line as I got. <laughs> meta mug coming to you. Uh... It's a meta mug for sis. Oh my god. All right. Now now I'm calling it. Thank you for tuning in. We appreciate y'all. Dead Bod Rap Pod. Audio.